We all have them. We all talk about them. But only two men have decided to make a podcast about their weekends. Do you have a good Saturday? What do you do? Anything good? Um, I went to... We didn't do much in the day. Two best mates. The issues are with the treatments and where researchers might... I mean, this is boring chatting at this. In an uncut chat about their weekends. I actually felt disappointed because I ordered a rubber seal for the oven door and it didn't turn up. Starring Tim and Gendel. Dad's getting pizza. And we're like, <laughs> big, big dad on campus. Hey, I didn't click my fingers and go... Mm. You did. <laughs> did you mean, hey, kids... Dad's getting pizza. Tim and Gen's weekend podcast. Anything could happen. So that's the trailer for the podcast. Yeah. What do you think? American voice, explosions, you know, do you, do you not think it's horrifically over the top? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. Cool, cool. It's done then. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that, like, I 50% put this on here because it is actually kind of important to my musical genesis, as it were which sounds pretentious as fuck. And I also was like, Mike's going to fucking hate this. <laughs> Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. So if you're the kind of person who likes to listen to two people talk about music and what it means to them, and you'd like a new mixtape to land in your lap every Monday, then please consider subscribing, and it would do me a massive favour if you would leave me a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on. Now, if you're already a fan of mixtapes and you'd like to support it, you can now do that on Patreon. Now, Patreon is a platform that lets you set up a monthly donation in return for bonus content that isn't available publicly. I'm uploading bonus episodes and the raw, unedited video of all of my previous episodes so you can hear all of the little bits and conversations and digressions that didn't make the edit. And I've got more bonus content planned for as soon as the world opens up again. Now, don't worry, mixtapes is always going to be free for you to enjoy, but there is a cost involved in producing it. And there are things that I would like to do to improve the show and grow the audience that I can't do at the moment because I don't have the budget. So by supporting me, you'll help me achieve those things a little bit sooner and you'll get bonus content by way of thanks. But if you're not convinced yet, let's ask my four-year-old why you should support my Patreon. I can't eat downloads. Wow. Well, it, it, it's a good point, but keep it light, mate. Daddy, can I have my toys back now? So to support the podcast and free my son's toys from my evil clutches, go to patreon.com slash mixtapeswithmike. But enough about all of that. Let's talk about music. Now, this week's guest is a musician and podcaster who I met 22 years ago when I joined his band in 1999. And although my stint in the band was fairly short-lived, we've remained firm friends working on internet radio together and generally giving each other a lot of shit. This week's guest is musician, podcaster, and general gobshite, Ian Clark. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, you know. Not too bad, not too bad. Third playlist lucky, right? Is it the third playlist? Yeah, yeah, we did an episode, and I don't think you got round to airing it. Then I did another playlist, and you just were like, eh. I don't remember being eh about the playlist, but I remember... Because what I did was that during that first lockdown... I treated this like a job and I was recording an episode a day. Yeah. And then, so I had this cache of episodes in the bank to edit, but then maybe three or four months in, I kind of figured things out from a production point of view and and I got the sound to be way better. And then I went back to some of those earlier recordings and the the quality wasn't where it was now. And I felt like it was worth doing again and doing properly. So I was totally prepared to to redo your original playlist because enough time had passed that I could sort of still sort of listen with fresh ears. 
yeah, but yeah. Out, out of the blue last week, you sent me a new playlist. So, so here we are. I've listened to a couple of episodes, and I was like, that first playlist was me, like trying to educate you about shit. And I was like, that's, I mean, this, that's not what this podcast is about, is it? Like, it's not me going. It was that was me going, hey, lots of fucking cool music is coming out of Eastern Europe. It's wicked. Um, and I, I could talk about that shit all day. There's so many cool Eastern European, Russian, Ukrainian bands that I love. But it's not funny, is it? Yeah, I'm not necessarily aiming for funny. Although, having listened to your playlist today, and I know where some of the humour is going to come out. Um, but um, we should probably talk about how we know each other. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we met through mutual friends probably 98. 98, 99 kind of time. Yeah, could be around about then, I reckon. Uh, and and I ended up in your band for a year, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think it could uh, well have been that long. And so so it was it was Saturday morning practices in Rabana's yep. in Birmingham, getting weirded out by one of the bassists. Oh my god, Rich. That yes. dude. That dude. It was an interesting sort of uh, lineup where you've got two bassists, yeah. one of which you're not totally convinced knows the songs. He, I'm, yeah, I'm not 100% convinced he knew this. I don't know whether he knew whether he was in the same room as us. Like, you never saw him when there was a girl in the room, did you? Uh, well, like, right, why did he turn it on he, or something? In the fucking weirdest way, literally the weirdest way. What he would do. 100% of the time, if a girl came into the practice room, would be at some point in the time in the rehearsal, he would stand on a chair while playing. Never did it unless there was a girl in the room. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. So, hey, look at me. It was it was so weird. I remember my other favourite Rich story, of which I have fucking many. Like, there was once when he seized a girl's arm when she was, like, scratching the back of her head because he'd forgotten that women shaved their armpits. And he'd, like, seen that she'd got no armpit hair, and he just kind of seized her arm and held it up and just stared at her armpit. And she was like, what? What the fuck? And he was like, sorry, I forgot. He was a very, very odd... He's a fucking weird lad, yeah. Do you still see him? Uh, no. No, I, I've got his number. I keep meaning to call him, because last time anyone I know saw him... He was fronting a band called Sonic Lord and he actually had some kind of heart issue on stage and collapsed on top of Chaz, our old bass player, who was in the front row of the gig. Shit. Yeah, apparently Chaz was just stood in front of him and kind of clocked that something was going on and went, oh, fuck, and just caught him as he toppled face first off the stage. And he, like, he was a big dude as well. Yeah, he was not a, he was, he wasn't slight. Um, no. I mean, like, we've, we've both toppled off stage uh, in yeah, our day. Yeah. Um, but Jesus, yep. yeah, that's that's not good. Well, I hope he, I, I hope he is well. I'm sure he is. I'm, and I'm reasonably certain he's still a fucking odd fish as well. <laughs> so yeah, so we were in, we were in this sort of thrash metal band that did a little bit of kind of new metal style stuff with me, uh, yep. and uh, Nathaniel, who's an old school mate of mine. So like, we both joined at the same time. You, were, yeah. you, you, we were auditioning for one spot, um, so but you wanted someone to do vocals and someone to play guitar. I could barely play guitar, but was okay at the vocal, and Nat was amazing at guitar, and could sometimes hold a tune, maybe. Yeah, but he was not mad keen on the kind of vocalising that we required. So, yeah. No. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, you ended up taking us both, and then uh, true for him, I got bored, stopped putting the effort in. And then we had a very frank conversation at a very weird gig. I, it's one of my favourite stories uh, about. Oh my god, we, that gig! Where we yes. were, like so like, I think I think your mum got us this gig or something. It was, was yeah it? yeah it was my mum. She was like, "Here, I've got you a gig." Like, oh no way! How have you gotten a? Oh, right okay. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 like, I just heard it was a gig. So we turned up, and it was like uh, like a working men's club or a pub. Yep talent show so like yeah we're like why are we here what are we doing um but we kind of saw it for what it was a ridiculous situation and 
I started sound checking the mics and started making jokes about what a ludicrous prospect this was. And they started laughing at us. Uh, like, what well, laughing with us, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I in, think we won them over. With well, our... absolutely, because in the end they were they were actually sort of cheering in our favour, which we never expected. But for context, you know, we were going up against like guys in their sixties knocking out Sinatra tunes. Yeah, there was and a fucking tap it. dancer, wasn't there? I'm pretty sure there was a tap dancer at one point. <laughs> and then a metal band who did a twenty minute set. And did you yep. fall off the stage at that one? I jumped off the stage in a like big finale and tripped over and if I remember correctly headbutted the judge in the bollocks. Pretty certain I went straight towards him and there was a soft impact. <laughs> oh god. I just I love the the the, the protest in your voice going I did it deliberately and it backfired yeah i i covered quite a distance <laughs> oh. oh so we um, yeah so like we we parted well i parted company with the band pretty much that night yeah went out on a good one like that was just like this has been really fun but i don't think i'm as into it as i was and you're yeah. like oh thank god you said it because we were gonna sack you i was like cool <laughs> yep let's let's get a beer uh, and, but we've, I'd you know, had we've, a fucking lot of beers at that point. Yes, um, and we, but we, you know, we've we've stayed in touch ever since. And then you did uh, an internet radio show, yeah, uh, about post rock, and I sort of sat in on a couple, and then we kind of made it a regular thing, where I played the you know the ignorant sidekick to your fountain of knowledge about all things post rock. Yeah, um, but we we had a lot of fun. That was that, that was a lot that of fun. was a lot of fun. I think the the later ep, um, shows where we realised that you could actually say swear words if they were the swear words associated with band names, <laughs> like when we just played loads of tracks by Holy Fuck and Fuck Buttons and stuff like that, and we were just like <laughs> Holy Fuck. You say yes, that sounded like Holy Fuck, but it wasn't Holy Fuck. I remember <laughs> just there was one episode where we tried to drop the f bomb as many times as possible in allowable contexts and that was anal discharge and yep. yeah that was it was fun it's a shame that that station went but I, I was never totally convinced people were listening but we were having fun yeah yeah i was i wasn't convinced either but fuck it it was fun and that's that's why i do this that's why i talk into the air there was an explanatory hand gesture but obviously podcasts so Obviously, I know you've got a fairly broad taste when it comes to music, predominantly metal in various forms. Yeah. So, and and obviously, the last time we spoke, you had uh, a kind of theme about, uh, you know, music, new music that was coming out of sort of Eastern European cities, because you, you have a passion for traveling over that way. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of really cool music coming out of that. There's a lot of good cultural stuff, and... I'm learning Russian as well, so it just makes sense that I'm spending time listening to Russian music as well as, you know, standard regular Western music. So, yeah, we you, you took that approach last time, but how did you approach it this time? Well, the playlist I created for you was, is called Back When I Had All The Angst. So, <laughs> basically, I thought back to... The shit I was listening to when we were doing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of stuff on here that's basically coloured my musical output and informed my musical judgment as a as a songwriter. And also, some of it's just got me through shit. That's fair enough. So, like, we should probably we should probably touch on that. It's like your your longest running musical project has been uh, your band's structures. Yes. Uh, so how long have structures been going? Jesus Christ. Uh, that's over 10 years now. Um, I. This is a long-term hiatus. That's as far as I'm willing to... I, I, th I feel like technically we probably have split, but me and E, the other guitarist, still talk about doing stuff, and if it's me and him, structures. Right, so, okay. It's all good. It's going to happen, probably. Yeah, and I definitely, I definitely felt sort of listening to the mixtape today. There was a little bit more of that 
vein of music in, yeah. in places. Yes, for sure, for sure. So so who's the first track by? Uh, the first track is by Entombed, who sound absolutely nothing like Structures. No, not at all. They have uh, a, a fairly standard verse-chorus-verse-chorus structure, so yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so why did you start with these guys? Um, I mean, for a start, the track I've chosen has the most glorious use of the word fuck in a song. Like, <laughs> listen to the song. The end of it is just LG Petrov, the vocalist who has sadly passed recently, just screaming fuck in the most glorious fashion. Just like, you can imagine he's like really pumped up and got to the end of the song and he just goes, fuck! Like, yeah, that was fucking great. And... <laughs> Like, there's a lot of joy in Entombed. Like, they're, they're right fucking intense death metal stuff, and it's, like, very chainsawy guitar sounds, but it's done really joyously. I find everything they've done very celebratory and fucking cheerful. We, in fact, um, there's a band called Hell Songs who do really fey, cheerful kind of Scandi pop versions of metal songs. And at mine and my wife's wedding ceremony, while we were eating dinner, there was their version of a track called I Master on it. So we're eating away and there's this beautiful, like, jazz pop stuff. And the vocalist is singing human flesh, human bones. I want to eat your blood and stuff like that. And I thought it was fucking magnificent. I, I came up with the idea of just doing loads of really cheesy cover versions of really serious songs as the playlist thinking that Lydia my wife would be like get to fuck this is a wedding don't be so ridiculous and she was like love that let's do it oh bless her bless her she right, is a good so sport I mean she has to be a good sport because fucking dickhead <laughs> it's unavoidable I can't stop myself I can vouch for that so, uh, so this first track is uh, is out of hand Okay, so following on from Entombed, who are we listening to now? Uh, this is American Head Charge. Uh, I can't remember where I got it. I think it was like a free CD that made me start listening to them. And I, you know when you read something in a magazine, you're like, this is music for me. I know mm -hmm. that this is music for me. And like, I got the album, and it's, it's fucking filth. Like, not in a like lascivious kind of lyrics kind of way, but it just feels... Like, some of his choice of words and stuff like that throughout the album make you feel like you need to wash and that you've just watched. At times, like, you've watched a fucking snuff film. It's horrendous. <laughs> I mean, these these guys were fucking serious. Two of them are, are dead now because of, like, weird drug issues and stuff like that. Like, it was like listening to rednecks who could play guitars. Like, proper meth-cooking rednecks. <laughs> oh, shit. It's a really fucking bleak, heavy, angry, disturbing album. And then there's this song in the middle, which is just clearly about a really sketchy relationship, and it's actually quite heartfelt and beautiful. And I think coming out of the middle of this filthy pustule of songs, it gets to this, and you're like, Jesus, this is a big fucking uplifting chorus. This is kind of sad, actually. God damn it. This is beautiful. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's a fucking, it's a great song. It's a great album as well. If you want to feel slightly unclean and uncomfortable. Oh my god. All right. So, <laughs> so this is. Uh, this is just so you know. Uh, it's kind of, it's the most Faith No More y track that they do. I, I think it's a very Faith No More y vibe to it. No, I, I, I definitely saw that. Um, obviously, I. I listened to this track. I didn't go and listen to any of the their other material, so I, I didn't appreciate the contrast that you're highlighting now. So yeah. maybe I'll have to listen just to see the difference. But uh, Yeah, I, I would say listen to Never Get Caught and then this. Never Get Caught sounds ominous. That features the 
really upsetting lyric, slipping on messes you made when I hit you makes me more excitable. Ugh. Yes. Like, Ugh. that's fucking deeply unpleasant. Yeah. And then it comes to this, and you're like, whoa. Okay, so following on from American Head Charge, who are we listening to now? Uh, this is now the Mad Capsule Markets. Now, this is a band that I recognise the name of. Yes. Uh, I, I, I texted you earlier today going, what was the song? What was the one that the... the what was the Mad Capsule Markets track where the video was on Kerrang! fairly regularly back when we were hanging out all the time? And that was, that was Pulse, which is a fucking banger. It is a banger, but you know what? I watched the video after we spoke and I was like it's not as good as I remember it and the music yeah. and the video certainly isn't as good as I remember it being mm. so it hasn't aged well maybe oh Jesus that CGI on that video had aged before it even left the studio like, <laughs> I feel like they did it on their own PCs and were like yeah this is amazing let's fucking do it but, but I've, I've, I've never listened to a whole album by those guys I honestly think that at the time when we were doing music, this is the most common ground we'd have had musically. Because like, you were quite into pop punk and stuff at the time, and these yeah. have got big fuck off pop punk choruses for days. Yeah, they do. But it's also like really grindy industrial and some weird techno-y drum beats and stuff like that. They're they're a fucking they're the only band that have got mad in their name that can justify it because it is pretty off it like it goes all over the place well yeah because there are tracks that sound like the, it's drum and bass with distorted guitar over the top yep. like that that track that we were talking about before Pulse that's essentially the arm and break that got used on on countless jungle yeah. and, and drum and bass tracks um, and uh, you know but with that track it's almost like the verse is the chorus and, and vice versa a little bit yeah it's um, weird weirdly written song yeah really odd but 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 yeah very catchy but why did you pick this one um i picked this one because like i was in a like a short-lived project with a guy called kids uh, when i say short-lived we're talking like five rehearsals and one gig before we decided that i was a bad well i decided it was a bad idea uh, he he was like you know when you split up with someone they're like no, but can we still go out? And you're like, <laughs> no, we cannot. This is done. That was what that was. Like, it was a really messy breakup of a band because he just kept being like, can we do something? Can we do some music? What if we get rid of the rest of the band? Was that the problem? It's like, no, kids. <laughs> like, I really love the guy as a mate, but he's just such a motherfucking pain to be in a band with. So th that project was, what, similar to Mad Capsule Markets? Or? Yeah, we covered a Mad Capsule Markets song, this one particularly. Um, right, OK. I, I'd never bothered learning the lyrics to a Mad Capsule Markets song before, because like, I'd opened the lyrics booklet and been like, well, this is all nonsense. <laughs> um, and then I had to learn them. And it, it is, it's glorious nonsense, but it is fucking nonsense. You so imagine you could get away with it because it's fairly sort of distorted kind of very trebly as well like the, yeah. the way they record their vocals so as long as you make a noise kind of close to it I can't yeah. imagine many people would pick you up I mean I'm, I'm not going to call them out for it at all because also like English is their second language so yeah exactly and as the opening track or opening lyrics say everything sucks everything sickness system sucks system it sucks well we've all we've all been there <laughs> right <laughs> Following on from the Mad Capsule Markets, who are we listening to now? Uh, we are now listening to the absolutely almighty Ministry. Now, there's, there's, there's two 
people. Well, there's two reasons or two people I know this track. One yeah. is you, and yep. the other one is Simon Smith. Yeah. The the uh, British pro snowboarder um, and crazy hard man of the UK snowboard scene. Um, he built he my CD rack. He did, uh, but but also a wonderful carpenter. We yeah. have to we have to fucking add. good dude. Yeah, really good dude. Um, he loved a bit of ministry, and this track is wonderfully ridiculous. Yes, it really is. Like this, this shouldn't come here in the playlist, but it felt natural to have it here. This was actually like this has been around since before I was in bands. I went. Like I did a computer repair course in college, and one day I wandered into the class wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt, and the lecturer went, "Do you like industrial music, Ian?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, fucking love Nine Inch Nails." And he was like, "I'll do you a tape." <laughs> Should have been what, fucking that... nervous about it, but that sinister, slightly less sinister, but not much. And it he did me a tape, and it it opened my mind and blew my fucking brain out you know I'd never heard Ministry before and then there was stuff like Ministry there was Lieback there's Dickrups Einstein Zend and Neubarten just like loads of really abrasive electronic noisy legendary industrial acts uh, this, this one stuck with me most because it's just so fucking relentless like it's oh yeah, this, this, it doesn't stop. I mean, it's got it's got a fairly amusing intro, and yes. then but as soon as it starts, it just yeah, relentless is the word for it because it just kind of plows on. Yeah, like I love all all Ministry up to a. There's a couple of low points in their career, but I love Ministry as a band in general, and mostly they're kind of angry and drug-addled but in a, like, the kind of dude you'll see on a street corner that you will avoid like fuck because he looks like he'll stab you. Like, that's the kind of ministry you usually get. This one has uh, Gibby Haynes from uh, Butthole Surfers on it, adding a different level of lunacy to it. Like, he's the one that's singing all those fantastic trailer park-based lyrics. Yes. Like, so he's just adding some meth-addled redneck to it. Which is just magnificent, uh, and the videos, fucking everything about this song, just. Have you listened to it while driving? Oh no, I, I, I wouldn't. I would never do that. I'd, be, get, I'd lose my license. Be careful, yeah. Like, it, it, it will increase your speed by at least ten miles an hour. It's un, unavoidable. You've got to try really hard to not. Is is that why you've been caught speeding so often? Uh, no, that's speed cameras. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on from Ministry, who's up next? Uh, this is Atari Teenage Riot. Uh, Maybe one of the songs that I thought would make you a little bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I remember them. I, I never got all in on them. You know, it, it'd be the sort of thing where, like, you quite often the the songs that were turned into singles or, or, or they had music videos for would be slightly easier to listen to. Yeah. Um, but abrasive is is definitely one word you could use to, to describe these guys. Um, although I did, I did sort of listen to this track two or three times just to kind of get, get my head around it. And there's a, there's a definite sort of uh, angsty, rebellious kind of tone in the lyrics. Yeah, they're, they're super, super anti-authority. They are possible. I think they're the most punk rock thing that's happened in the last... I don't know, 40 years, I reckon. But where are they now? Have they got mortgages and kids and... No, no, they're still going. They're still going. Um, I believe Carl Crack, the MC, died potentially because of Crack, which is, you know, 
not ideal. But Alec Empire and Nick Endo, the noise terrorists who do all the instrumentation, are still going, still doing stuff. Um, I think they've become, well, Alec Empire has definitely become a tad more paranoid because he is now off all social media because he thinks the government is spying on him. So, not ideal, really. Um, I guess that's what you get when you spend your entire like career making money from complaining about the system and like playing gigs at riots and things like that. They are like they didn't just you know write songs about hating the government and stuff. They just went out and put, like protested stuff. They were just proper anarchists. And and but why did we pick this track? Um, we picked this track because. It is, I guess, as far as the album goes, it's maybe my favourite track on there, and it's all apart from Digital Hardcore, but I couldn't make you listen to Digital Hardcore because it sounds like this with slightly more drum and bass influence, and then there's a section where it sounds like they've taken the CD, ran it through a PA system, recorded the PA system, and then thrown the CD player down the stairs and recorded the outcome. Like, it just goes... <laughs> Off. Like the you know the middle section here where it's all just like like that. Just fucking broken sounding. Make that worse. Make it noisier. <laughs> oh, really? And just have a, an angry German just go digital hardcore over the top of it. Like me and Colin nearly got kicked out of um music exchanges because we'd got a delay pedal. We found out that if you tweaked it a certain way, it would make the same kind of noise. And we were just sat in the second hand <laughs> bit, just going and screaming digital hardcore at each other. And some, like one of the dudes came up and went, Would you fucking stop that, you dickheads? <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't pull their punches in that shop. They would quite, quite happily tell people to get the fuck out. Oh, God, yeah. And like, what they did not need was me and Colin abusing pedals and shouting at each other. Okay, so moving on from Atari Teenage Riot, who's up next? Um... That would be Einstein's in the Neubarten. Okay, now this is this is one of those tracks where like I I was listening to it, I was like, is he messing with me? <laughs> There's a fifty percent chance, like similar in a similar vein to Atari Teenage Riot, they approach music in a very confronta confrontational sense, like they once got banned from a venue in London for attempting to use a pneumatic drill as percussion on stage by drilling right. through the stage with it. Okay. Like, they are artists. And they are... Artists. Yes. Really? And they try very hard to find new ways to play their instruments or use things that are not instruments as instruments, which is why it sounds like they're just hitting bits of car. Because they well, are well, well, yeah. Because how long is this track, Ian? Like a fucking decade. Um, <laughs> it's like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, nine uh, minutes fifty-five, and this is just part one. <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, obviously, I know you like, you know, this kind of abrasive industrial stuff. But what is it about this track? Like, I, c I can't imagine at any point in my day going, oh, you know what I want to listen to. Uh, a factory falling apart. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I, I understand why uh, most people would be like, Jesus fucking no. Take this away, please. Um, I just, I dig it. It's got a really like propulsive, like, ching, 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 ching. it just drives. And I really love the bit where he just goes, silence! And it stops. <laughs> And then there's a few little noises, and then he goes, Wazook! And it carries on again. I fucking love it. My my phone, back in the day, I had a 3310, and the mute, like the quiet mode was called silence. 
and the noisy one was called Musik. Like <laughs> this was one of the one of the songs on the tape of so you like industrial music. Uh, right, okay, I, I, I see. And I, I got back in the, the next week and he went, what did you think of the Einstein's in the Neubarten track? And I was like, honestly, I thought that was fucking cool. And he's like, I did a band like that once. It was amazing. And like, you know Robin from um, our band that we were in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was the drummer in that band. They played, no. they played one gig. They conned their way onto a jazz funk club night at the um, art centre and played a 20-minute version of Sympathy for the Devil. But they were, like, loading okay. their gear in, and they're, like, loading this scaffolding with, like, car wheels and car doors welded to it, and the technicians are like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just some percussion. Would you mic it up? And they just got on, played for 20 minutes, and everyone just was like, I really like playing music that people will enjoy but I also kind of like playing music that deliberately gets people's backs up um, and I, I have done that Okay, so following on from some German noise, because I can't remember how to pronounce the name of the band. Einstersender Neubarten, and that is Head Cleaner Part 1, Zentrifuge. Quite. Um, who are we listening to now? Panic DHH, or Panic Drives Human Herds. Yes, so like, the, the, this is where we kind of get back to a slightly more... Slightly more melodic. Yeah, kind of yeah, song it's structure. basically a song, really. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, but it's basically a song, which is it's gonna see it's going to seem really melodic. Yeah, yeah. Considering what it's following. When we come back um, from Head Cleaner, it sounds basically like you're listening to Mozart. Yeah, like it's yeah. You're like, oh fuck me, there's notes. So, so how did you happen upon? Panic DHH. Yeah. Uh, I saw Alec Empire of Atari Teenage Riot because he did a solo album, and Robbie Furs, the guitarist of Panic DHH, was his touring guitarist. Right. And Alec Empire was getting loads of press at the time, and obviously Robbie Furs leveraged it. I will say that now because I know that that man is good at getting himself publicity. When I tell you what his next project was, you'll be like, oh, fuck, yeah, he, he is, isn't he? Because right. he went from this and, like, playing fucking noisy squat parties and stuff like that to being in the Big Pink. Oh, Supporting okay. Muse. Right. On their first album. Like, so they were playing stadiums supporting Muse when they released their first album. That's so crazy. that is a dude who is good at hustling yeah and also weirdly really good at writing super catchy songs which from listening to this you would not think <laughs> well I don't know like it's, it's not it's not without its charms um, it's 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 got a very particular kind of guitar sound yes it's a really like I spent a long time being like how do I make my guitar sound like that because that sounds like the world ending and I, I've never worked it out. It's a very angry, aggressive, kind of electronic-y sound. Well, yeah, because it's, 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 it does have that industrial kind of sound to it, but it, it's not typical of no. that kind of genre. No, they're, they're a very... They stand out on their own, I think. There's lots of bands that do that tread that path like oh let's have a drum machine and some angst and some guitars but yeah Panic DHH sound like they sounded very individual and very unique and like the album itself they, they did one album then a live album and that was it done right. and it's just it's super unclean and grim and grimy and I guess it, it sounds like a band that played 
gigs in squats, pretty much. Okay. To me. So this track is? Uh, Reach. Okay, so moving on from Panic DHH, what are we listen to now? Oh my God, we're back into the weirdness now. This is Matmos. Right, so this is this is the track. This is the track where, like, I was listening to it, and I, I can only imagine what kind of faces I must have been making because my wife looked to me going, "Are you okay?" <laughs> so like, I had to take the the headphones out and go. I'm listening to this track on Clarky's uh, mixtape and. I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't, I don't understand. And then, so like, I hammed it up. I was like, oh, so this is, uh, this is uh, a band called uh, Matmos, and their uh, the track is called Californian Rhinoplasty. And I said, knowing Ian, this is probably all noises recorded whilst Californian Rhinoplasty is taking place. And I googled it. And I'm fucking right, aren't I, Ian? Yes, yes, you are. That's It's from their <laughs> album, A Chance to Cut is a Chance to Cure. And the whole album is made of samples of surgery. I don't know how they got those samples. I kind of don't want to ask. Um, no. But yeah. It inspired me to do the most horrendous piece of music I've ever actually done. So that's cool. It, it opened my thought- mind to the idea that you could just take music from anything which is important like you know yeah but like i i i mean like i listened i tried to listen to this well i did listen to this and i it's catchy it it is there's some little catchy melodies in there there are yeah yeah there's a little whistly bit which i imagine is a the surgeon whistling as he chops someone's face open. Oh, no, no, no. I read deeper into it. Apparently, oh, yeah? uh, they used a nose flute on some of it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I like that. Matt must have worked with Bjork. Like they That w- doesn't make this okay. They were her live band <laughs> at one point in time. Like at what? Apparently on tour, there was a bit where the one member of the band was walking on rock salt. And the other member of the band was holding the microphone there. And that was played out through the PA system as the drum element of Bjork's song. I mean, it could have been worse. They could have been, you know... How? Doing plastic surgery on someone on stage (laughs) and using that as the soundtrack, really. (laughs) All right, I I, I immediately regret asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you forgot who you were talking to for a second. Oh, God, like this, this, this is definitely the weirdest track. It is definitely the weirdest track on this playlist. On a playlist I that can't... has Oyster Send the Noi button on it, this is the weirdest track, which is kind of proud of myself. Well, well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, people who listen to this podcast, well, I mean, this, 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 this episode's a bit of an outlier because one, we've known each other for years, yeah, yeah, so there's none of that sort of ice breaking sort of warm up the conversation kind of thing um and i even when a guest picks something that i might not be 100 percent into i'll be diplomatic and i'll sort of tell, yeah yeah because you know you want to know whether it's important to them and things like that and yeah but like i can't I, but with this track it kind of just defies belief and i was like why why <laughs> Why yeah. does this exist? I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that, like, I 50% put this on here because it is actually kind of important to my musical genesis, as it were, which sounds pretentious as fuck. And I also was like, Mike's going to fucking hate this. <laughs> like, that was a, that was a, I was very aware of what I was doing when I did it. Yes, yes, you were. Yes, you were. So this is... California Rhinoplasty by Matt Moss. Oh, 
So following on. Yes. From California Rhinoplasty. Yes. What are we listening to now? Uh, we're now listening to the band Isis. I have to specify the band. Thanks to those fucking tricky terrorists stealing the name of one of my favourite bands. Ah, oh, can you imagine being in the room when they when they realised that that was happening? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Their merch sales went through the fucking floor. That's for sure. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they they do gig occasionally, but they do not use that name anymore. I can imagine. Yeah. Was it, there was that um, that kind of comedy? There was that animated comedy spy show, uh, and the kind of protagonist of the show, the uh, the agency he worked for was ISIS. Yes. Oh, it's Archer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's, there's been more than one creative uh, project that's been kiboshed by that. Yeah. It's just loads of people throughout the world going, God. Fucking damn it! Call yourself something different. <laughs> Ludicrous. But why did you pick? Um, I picked this because this, like, I'd been listening to ISIS for a while at this point. Um, there was a point in my life where I was like, I must listen to the most extreme music possible. So, like, I would listen to the fucking noisiest thing. There's a band called, or an act called Mertzbo. Never listen to them. You will fucking hate them. I say that not specifically to you. I say that to 99% of the world. He's very <laughs> prolific. He's done like hundreds of albums and they all sound like feedback run through a distortion pedal, run through a food processor and then left to feed back again. I listened to that for a bit and was like, oh, that's not for me. But like, you know, I'd listen... Oh, so there are limits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a very firm, very firm limit. But I like, I'd listen to that, and I'd listen to the most chilled out things I could possibly listen to, and then I was like, now, it was like back in the day when you're downloading stuff off LimeWire and everything, and I was like, filtering by the longest songs, and I was like, you know, I was getting ISIS songs showing up, because they're always like 10 minutes plus. So I was like, I'm going to listen to the fucking longest songs as well. Like, if I'm listening to the noisiest songs and the quietest songs, I should listen to the longest songs. And so I got into ISIS, I, I dug it. Uh, then they did the album Oceanic, which is what this is from. And it's ju it just blew my mind because it's, it's produced in a way unlike any album I've heard before or since because it just sounds like a band in a room. Mm. Like, not, it's not badly recorded. It just sounds like very natural and roomy. And it's, it's about the I sea. Well, I, I thought that when I was like listening to it, because I was just like, because it sounds trebly's not the word, but it it did the production did strike me as a little odd. Yeah, yeah, it's the the drum production is the real key for it, because you know the when that the the snare feels or sounds very. It's not bad like the snare from Saint Anger by Metallica, but it is not very snarey, and it's just really natural and roomy sounding it's like oh there's the drummer in the corner mm. you know you're just like l listening to him jam out in the corner yeah and that, like that, that is it you, you you get a sense of distance yeah in the recording whereas whereas usually when when something is recorded and produced you try and get everything to sound fairly sort of close together and cohesive and everything has its place whereas that's probably what I was trying to find the words for earlier is that it, it doesn't it does sound it the reason it sounds odd is because there is this kind of space and distance in the recording yeah yeah very very much so and like it's so it's it, they've like decided to be less heavy at this point I mean obviously it's still heavy as fuck for large swathes of it but I think they were going for you know because they're pretentious as fuck. I think they were going for some kind of, you know, oceanic vibe to match the song titles and the fact that all of the lyrics are themed around drowning and water and the power of the ocean and shit like that. And it kind of... When it gets heavy, it is very tidal. You know, it kind mm -hmm. of flows in and out and is like... 
There's no abrasive, edgy noises. It's just like a big fucking woolly ball of distortion. Yeah, it kind of swells in and then out again. Yeah. And it, that, I was like, fucking hell. And you like, you know, the lyrics are really like poetic and mature and coming from a really, like, they don't make that much sense, but they kind of do, which is my favorite type of lyric. Like, the most common touching point, I'd say, probably is Simon Neil from Biffy's lyrics, where it definitely means something to him and you can catch mm. the emotion, but if you le- like read the words, you're like, none of these words make sense in a sentence, Simon. Why are you saying it? But, and, but in the context of the music, it all kind of makes more sense. Yeah, and like, you know what you're saying, so you can get the, mo- the point across emotionally, and mm. I think because the listener doesn't know what they're saying they can draw their own c- conclusion from it and that you know that allows you to interpret the song how you want and it not be a wrong interpretation as it were. okay all right so this is this is the beginning and the end by isis Okay, so moving on from ISIS, we find ourselves at your final track. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, for the benefit of anyone who is hearing about you for the first time and uh, wants to to hear you talk about music more or wants to hear some of your, your own creative output, where is the best place to find out about who you are and what you do? Um, well, I do two different podcasts. That is We Dig Music which is a podcast where we previously were talking about bands in an alphabetical order, and now we are just talking about bands from year. Uh, We just like pick a year, do a top ten of our favourite bands, and then we each rate each other's, and it's getting quite competitive, you know. There's someone on Twitter who's doing stats for who's got more songs in the bottom five of everything and stuff like that, so... It's a little bit competitive. It's a bit weird. It's a bit irreverent, obviously, because I'm on it. <coughs> and I just can't stop myself. I'm opinionated, and I say cunt a lot. Although yes, that's, that's the first time I've said it today, so... Well, yeah, but I'm just glad you did it. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and your other podcast? Uh, the other podcast is free with this month's issue, uh, which is similar, but we talk about free magazine CDs, so like, you know you used to get a magazine on the front of Kerrang or Metal Hammer or Music Maker I guess, or fucking Smash Hits whatever, uh, and we'll just do a track by track rundown, that one's fun because I don't listen to the CD beforehand, so what you get is real reactions from a man who quite often takes very strong um, umbrage to the music he's being made to listen to Yes, uh, it's it's quite amusing to 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 hear you uh, being put in the position of having to listen to to music that you you really have no time for. It's 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 one of the funny bits of that podcast. I uh, when I came on uh, free with this month's issue, the first CD that I want I put forward was already sort of snagged uh, yeah, yeah. by another. Uh, prospective guest so i had to find something else we did a cd from uh, an issue of q magazine and we we had all kinds of technical issues tr- trying to get me onto the platform that you guys use so i was in a foul mood cantankerous mood by the time i got on you really were i i believe you were your screen name was uh fuck zencaster or something like that wasn't it <laughs> Welcome to Free With This Month's Issue, the uh, podcast where we talk about free magazine CDs. I think that's possibly the most succinct I've ever been on this intro. Uh, (laughs) So was it worth sticking around through all the previous episodes to get to the point where I get to the point quickly? Who knows? (laughs) Who cares? Here's Colin. He's going to talk about who we have with us today. Yes, I am. We've got Mr. Michael Driver with us this evening, stand-up comedian and uh, podcaster, did you say comedian? <laughs> I didn't, but I could do. And bloke I went to school with. Uh, hello, Mike. Hello, you absolute shower of cunts. There we are. How are you doing? <laughs> what you I'm can't, 
Yes, what, what you did something you. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but but the episode was a lot of fun in the end. To be fair, um, that's what you get so when yeah, you that's... get like three people that have known each other for like twenty odd years talking shit about music. Really? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and there was. Uh, yeah, you definitely needed the uh, the explicit content warning on that episode because I think we we all gave it a good a, a good effort on that one. Yeah, we we definitely did. <laughs> And are you playing music anywhere at this point? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm doing my own stuff as and when I can be asked and find time to do it, which is called Red Ghosts of European Time. Because, as previously mentioned, I'm a pretentious ass, and I can't have sensible band names. Uh, I'm also playing noises. Is the best way to describe what I do in a band called Weird Staff, and we are the world. I'm going to say the world's only Paleolithic-themed black metal band. What does that sentence mean? Uh, basically, it's black metal, so it's like fast and angry, and all of the songs are themed around the goings-on in Paleolithic times. Okay. Um, the the lead singer is... He's got a... Well, he's working towards his doctorate in history and stuff like that, so... When I got recruited for the band, he sent me a plot synopsis for a song that he was working on and a fucking bibliography. I felt like I'd been out pretentious and I was like, well, I have to join now. <laughs> it's like it's like he won a bet. He's <laughs> just like, how about this? It's and it's like, like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I once wrote a song where the title was Coordinates. Yes. And he wrote a song with like a fucking six deep bibliography of properly well-known and available textbooks on history <laughs> like all right connor you fuck well done here are the historical references you need to understand if you're going to work on this piece of music yep so basically i dress up as a tribal shaman and play some weird noises on stage like i don't play a particular actual instrument and when I do pick up a guitar, it's to make really horrendous, echoey, noisy noises with it. So, like, half of the songs on this playlist very much influenced what I do in that band. Just abuse of pedals and noise. This makes a lot of sense. Yep. So who's your last track by? My last track is by potentially my biggest musical influence, Cult of Luna. Uh, it's a track called Echoes. So I feel like you've definitely kind of circled back to the music I know you for. Yes. With this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's very it's very much a, uh, a good example of of post rock in that there is there is structure and there are parts. I mean, the way you explained post rock to me when I first sort of joined that radio show was like, think of it like classical music, but with rock instrumentation. Yeah. So there are phases and parts where, where the music at the end of the track will be very different to where it started but there'll be a cohesive theme that perhaps runs through it and I mean with, with this track I don't think the this this one is a little bit of a, an oddity in that there's there are vocals in it yeah. a lot of the music that you like is, is very instrumental for sure um, but the but even so I don't think the vocal kicks in until what five minutes in Pretty much, yeah. Like, there's there's definitely two noticeable movements, and the first movement does not have any vocal in at all. It's just, like, very staccato tremolo guitars and, yeah, just very sparse arrangement. And then it comes into that kind of eastern-sounding riff, which I, I reckon, I was listening to it today, and I was like, you know what, this kind of reminds me of Massive Attack, actually. Like, there's a track towards the end of Mezzanine that kicks into a, a very like eastern type guitar riff that is super reminiscent of this and knowing how varied the guys from Cult of Luna's music taste it I, I would say I'm not too far off the mark with that mm. so it and it yeah it's it's angry but in a again it's like a, a thoughtful cerebral kind of anger rather than I'm going to kick yeah, your face and, off and kind of anger 
And musically, it's very atmospheric. Yes. <clears throat> in terms of the sort of the, the sort of because there'll be a lot of people who listen to this who who, who might not listen to like post rock stuff, but there are because the tracks tend to be fairly long. There's a lot of room to create contrast. Yeah. So you'll get these quite quiet ethereal moments that create space for the impact of the next movement as you put it where it will get very heavy very sort of repetitive i'm trying to look for a better adjective than chunky but i i think chunky is good like it is like repetitive slabs of riffs really they're not like complex riffs they're very simple and quite brutal um yeah when they come in yeah, substantial and weighty. It's, it's not. It's not. It doesn't sound like it's complicated to play in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But it does have uh, a depth and an attitude that sort of really kind of elevates the music as it as it kind of reaches its sort of crescendo t- towards the end. That's it, and the the repetition only serves to make the riff more effective because you just yeah you feel yourself nodding along with it and getting drawn into it because it goes on for so long and because it repeats that was an important musical education for me I was like okay I get it now like I, I dug Isis and I kind of got my head around the vague ideas but Cult of Luna really opened my mind to the way it works properly mm-hmm. you know like you can do a simple repetition and then like make it slightly heavier and grow it and grow it and grow it until it becomes like a big you know, like the scene in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when the boulder chases him mm-hmm. and he just kind of speeds up and speeds up and gets more and more massive and threatening. That's mm-hmm. that's the kind of the way I imagined. Not this specific track. There is another track which has a riff like that where it just kind of gets faster and angrier and more like you're about to die. Yeah, like, like it's accumulating mass. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, I actually got, I got, we got to play with Cult of Luna once because I heard that they were playing and I knew who the promoter was and was just like, give me the gig. Please give me the gig. Give me the gig. I can sell 30 tickets in a week. And he was like, if you can sell 30 tickets in a week, you've got the gig. And I did because I just was like, buy my fucking tickets and I get to play <laughs> with Cult of Luna buy my fucking <laughs> tickets like I was basically mugging people and like that was one of my moments of you know like, oh, I've done it and then I got to interview Johanna's like the main guy from Cult of Luna a few years after that point for the radio and he's just a fucking lovely dude which like they say never meet your heroes and then I met him and I was like oh you're not a yeah and it but it it's yeah, it's lovely when that happens. Yeah. Like when you meet your heroes and they're good people, amazing. But when you meet your heroes and they're in different dicks, yeah, that does suck. It does. It does. Like I gave him my CD and he's like, "You know what you've done there, dude? You've done the one thing I didn't have the fucking balls to do when we supported Deftones. You've given me your CD and I didn't dare give them a CD at all when we did that. So fucking well done." And then five years later they did an album and there's a riff on it that sounds exactly like one of mine oh really yeah yeah like I sent it to a couple of other people I was like does this sound like this bit from this song and they were like does a bit you know uh, cool <laughs> like you've Im- you've influenced your favourite band is the probably f- most favourable way of looking at that that's, that's the way I'm looking at it it's like I know he's got the CD which means I know he's potentially listened to it and you know if it's wormed his way into his subconscious and he's written a riff that sounds kind of like that fucking boner time for me mate <laughs> so on that note this last track is uh, that is Echoes by Cult of Luna Thanks for coming on, man. This has been fun. Yeah, yeah, it has. I've really enjoyed it.
So that concludes this week's episode and I'd like to apologise for it dropping a little bit later than normal. I've had a fairly busy bank holiday weekend which meant it was difficult to find time to sit down and finish the edit but here I am, first thing Tuesday morning, putting the finishing touches to it and I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I really enjoy talking to Clarky. Uh, we don't catch up as often as I would like and it's quite fun to share his sense of humour with other people because uh, he can be very entertaining. Uh, so as always, we've kept the music discussed played below the conversation because I believe that all musicians should be paid for what they do. But if you want to listen to Ian's mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also find the link to my Patreon. Uh, I would love you forever if you would come on board and support me there because I'm really trying to build something and I've got some great ideas for bonus content to share with you guys so if you've got any feedback or ideas for things you would like to see from me just send me an email at contactmixtapes at gmail.com or just reach out to me on Instagram just uh, fire me a message on there but for now I will see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike which I promise will be on time